Welcome into another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast as we in our eighth season here with the program. We cannot thank you enough for your support and your listens throughout these seven seasons as we start season eight. We have three good interviews for you to get the season started. Batting in the one spot tonight, that will be Scotty Fletcher. He's the basketball coach for the women at Pearl River Community College, the Lady Wildcats having a really good season. He's also the athletic director there at PRCC. The men's coach, Coach Oni, will bat in the two spot. Coach Oni, a friend of the program. We always enjoy our visit with Coach Oni. And the three spot tonight will be Will Hall with the Southern Miss Golden Eagles football program. Coach Hall and his staff have been actively recruiting. You can see that with the numbers coming through the transfer portal and it was good to catch up with coach hall so sit back and enjoy the episode johnson farms and meat market where can you find a full service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef from mississippi farm raised corn fed cattle why that would be johnson farms and meat market in picayune shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of highway 11 and north hall in picayune Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. We are now privileged to be joined by PRCC's women's basketball head coach and also the athletic director for Pearl River Community College, Scotty Fletcher. Scotty, thanks for taking time for the program. Good morning, man. I look, I'm, I mean this, I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I know you guys do a wonderful job. You have a great lineup. So I mean it when I say that I'm very honored and privileged uh, to be a guest on your show. I really mean that. Well, Scotty, uh, we've built our guest list um, around Pearl River Community College in some regards. And so we'll get to the to the season that you're in the midst of, but you were named athletic director and it's been a little while back, but Man, what an honor you have there to be at the helm of just so many great things going on through the athletic department at Pearl River Community College. No question. Um, You know, I'd love to give a shout out to Dr. Burwood, the Board of Trustees, for entrusting me with this position. Um, I was the assistant AD for three years. Jeff Lohn did a phenomenal job of tutoring me and, and showing me the way. Uh, but Pearl River's a, a, you know, it's very dear to my heart. You know, I played basketball down here in the early 2000s and won a state championship and uh, did some announcing at the baseball games and was a RA and really involved when I was on campus. And, uh, you know, to have a chance to come back to a place that's so special to me and, and to be a head coach and to be the athletic director, I would have never dreamed of that, Clay you know, many, many years ago. Um, you know, it's just a true honor. Um, I tell the story, you know, a uh, little bit about my background. So, you know, I grew up, I'm an only child, uh, born and raised. Uh, well, I was born in Hasbro, but raised in Meridian. But after my, my mom passed away, going into my uh, eighth grade summer, um, I was at basketball camp at USM. So I went back to Meridian. I used to ride the, the Greyhound or the train every weekend to slide L. And my mom's brothers would pick me up. Well, I'd ride that bus, that Greyhound. I'd sit on the very first seat with a Shoney's basketball that had all the mm-hmm. SEC logos and a Walkman radio and a blue Nike a duffel bag. And we'd stop right across from the college at that gas station. It used to be a, you know, a Greyhound mm-hmm. uh, pickup drop off. And uh, I said, man, it's, you know, I want to play basketball in college one day. 
Well, lo and behold, when I came on my visit, I said, man, that's the same college that I used to see when I was 13. So kind of made full circle, mm-hmm. man. And, and uh, you know, I share that story. Obviously, it brings back a lot of great memories, but it's uh, definitely, definitely a God God plan that, uh, that I be here. Uh, awesome stuff, man. And the river pulls at so many heartstrings so, for so many of us, truly a special place. Scotty, I'll ask you about your time management, especially in the midst of, of your season as the head women's coach. How in the world, man, do you do you manage? And then what kind of help do you maybe get uh, with the af- athletic director hat when you're in the midst of your season? Well, most importantly, you know, the way Dr. Burwood and, and you know, his vision, the way he structured things, we, we have self-motivating um, self-initiative people in our head coaching positions um, that that pull their own weight. You know, obviously we're pulling the the you know paddling the boat in the same direction, and we're, and the goal is to get to shore at the same time. Uh, but we've got phenomenal head coaches. We've got phenomenal assistant coaches. Um, you know that understand. You know the time that it demands. Um, I've got a guy that helps me, Eric Meeks, that does a wonderful job. Um, man, we're just we're just kind of all in this together you know we look out for one another um you know every coaching staff has a point of contact um as it relates to the student athlete experience whenever they commit to pearl river and we follow through with that um through a very detailed response that's awesome stuff all right let's get into the midst of your season uh coach having a great year 15 and 3 overall record more importantly 8 and 1 in your state record Tell us about this group of Lady Wildcats and how they've gotten to this point so far. Well, you know, obviously, and I mean this, anytime you, you coach a team early on, you, you, you just ask that they really buy in, they believe. Um, and I've, I've been blessed enough to do this 15 years at the collegiate level. Um, I was uh, eight years on the men's side. This is my seventh year here. And this is by far um, the best team that that I've had the honor and privilege to coach that believes in one another, um, believes in the coaching staff, um, loves one another, loves playing with one another, playing for one another. Um, It's an unbelievable special group. Um, You know, I tell them all the time, you know, their parents have done a phenomenal job of raising them. Um, They do a phenomenal job of, of you know, just being all in. And, um, you know, the season that we're having is a reflection of their commitment. Um, you know, and it's uh, it's really, and I, I say this, and it sounds like a broken record, but it is truly an honor and privilege to be called their coach because there's just sometimes where teams come along, man, and they're just so special. The, the thing that I think makes this team so special is obviously the leadership. And that starts from within. You know, like I've I do, and you've always probably heard, you know, um, you know, if a team's good, it's probably got led by its coaches. But if a team's great, it's led by its players. And uh, this is one of those teams that's player-led, and uh, they make in-game adjustments real well. Their attention to detail is spot on, and, and their commitment to get better each and every day is, is relentless. Coach, when you look at y'all's win on Saturday, your quotes after the game, you camped out on y'all's defensive effort. When I look at your stats, you're holding your opponents to 31% uh, shooting, 28% out behind the arc. We all know that three ball is so prevalent in today's game. And then 10 steals per game. So if you would, just kind of tell us what's making that uh, defense so tough to score against and then taking the basketball away. 
Well, uh, for the last few years, we, we've been a top, um, you know, the state in, in defense. Uh, we pride ourselves on, on just effort, attitude, toughness. Uh, that's just kind of our DNA here. We preach it in recruiting. Uh, we preach it when they step on campus. And uh, there's a standard here, and we have a saying, the standard is the standard. And uh, you can never move the standard because it is the standard. And I know that sounds real cliche, but the standard is the standard. And the reason why we're able to at least give ourselves a chance each and every night is because we do give maximum effort on the defensive end. Obviously, it doesn't mean that we're going to play perfect defense every night. There's a lot of great offenses in this league. Um, you know, we've we've been out-rebounded. You know, we've given up more points than our team goal for that game. But the biggest thing, I think, you know, and I hear a lot of high school coaches that will come and watch us play and even some other college coaches, they'll say, man, how do you get y'all's girls just to play so hard? And I really don't know the answer to that. I know that sounds that we just we just do it every day. It's, it's not an option. Um, it's, it's just mandatory. But that's a prime example of the girls buying in, um, you know, just applying so much pressure every time that ball is being dribbled. And uh, hopefully over the, the course of the game, the 40 minutes, you'll wear down your opponent. But um, it's something that we take a lot of great pride in. And defense, obviously, as you know, gives you a chance to compete in every game and you can't always make shots, you know, and you can't carry that with you. But defensively, you can give maximum effort and give yourselves a chance. So um, I would say it's just another prime example of the girls buying in to playing hard. And, and I do think that they enjoy uh, the havoc that we can create. And uh, it's definitely made our offense a lot better, Clay, but just because we allow that defense to create offense. So then you don't have to be as uh, highly efficient in half court, you know, in terms of executing plays down the stretch. Coach, when you look at, let's say, the other end of the court on offense, when you look at your numbers, you're, you're balanced. You're pretty balanced across the board. But Miss Washington has gotten hot for y'all of late through this um, five-game winning streak. She's put up some high point totals. Talk about particularly uh, her play over the last few ball games. Man, you're spot on. I'm serious. You better than Dick Vitale, baby. I love it. Uh, no, seriously, but uh, I love your attention to detail. And you're right. I mean, we don't win the last five games, and especially the last four, without her play. And, and I know that. You know, I'm not sitting here thinking that I've done anything special. But the reality is that's what an out-of-state player looks like. And, um, you know, I've told my assistants, and, I, and, and no disrespect to the previous out-of-state players that we've had, but we've never – had a player since I've been here that that has won us games the way Tristan has won us the last few games. And that's a reflection of her character. She's a quality young lady. Um, she, she led Northwestern State, a Division One program, um, you know, last year in minutes played. Um, she was first on the team in scoring. Um, as a freshman, she played the most minutes of any newcomer that year. Um, and this girl's played against mm -hmm. Baylor. You know, oh, so she, yeah. she's played against really, really big-time competition. She's a first-class young lady, um, but her play has been phenomenal. You know, the other night, you know, we were playing East Mississippi, and, and she's been in that stretch, and I just – we called a play for her, and I thought to myself, either we're going to win with her or we're going to lose it with her in her hands. And she drove in there and made an unbelievable pass to Markavia Shavers, and she scored, and that ended up being the, the go-ahead bucket that allowed us to win by three. And – Kerry Metzler told me that he asked her after the game, said, you know, what, how did you see? She said, he, she said, I just saw her out the corner of my eye. Well, that's not a play that I called, Clay. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a, 
that's a basketball instinct. Um, but, but her play has been phenomenal. She's in a rhythm. She's in the zone. She's locked in. And, uh, and some of the girls have even said, you know, it's, it's extremely fun playing with someone that's just that locked in and, and having that much fun. Oh, absolutely. Coach, when you look at it, you have five regular season games left, unless I'm missing something with all the uh, COVID rescheduling and moving around. But if you're going to do what you want over these next five ball games and really set yourself up nice for postseason play, what would your club have to maybe improve upon or, or something you would pick out that hey, we've done this really nicely over the last few games. We've got to keep doing this. One or two keys to close out the season with the type of effort y'all want. Yes, sir. Great question. I think the first one is we've got to be better rebounding offensively and defensively. Um, you cannot allow a team to get second and third opportunities. You know, I always say if a team gets an offensive rebound, one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to score or they're going to get fouled, or the third option is A and B. They're going to score and get fouled. So you, you have to rebound that ball on that, first, on that first initial miss. Or you have to give yourself an advantage, and you have to get double-figure offensive rebounds per game. That just allows more opportunities. Um, you can't leave points on the table as it relates to that. And then the next thing I would say has been our late-game execution. Um, you know, we, we had a little breakdown. Uh, you know, if you look at our, our three losses, we lost to the number one team in the country at their place, but we held them to four points in the second quarter. Uh, season low for them. We out-rebounded them. Like I said, number one team in the country, defending national champions. Um, and then we lost the number 20 team in the country. And then we had a breakdown against one of our conference opponents late. But I would just say our late game execution has been a lot better, uh, understanding the value of the basketball and who needs to get the shots, where we need to get a shot from and taking advantage of any mismatches that the defense opposes. So uh, that's probably been our best, you know, the two things down the stretch that we need to continue to do is just rebound the ball extremely well and get great late-game execution. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate the year y'all are having and, and wish y'all continued luck. I've got one more question. I'll get you out of here on this. And I, I didn't really plan this, but you talked about your experience on the men's side, of course, there at Pearl River Community College. Our next interview on the program is going to be Coach Oney. Can you just kind of speak to the job that he has done there at Pearl River? And, man, his his success speaks for itself. But what a fun guy. What a, a like, just a, a, the charisma the guy carries himself with. And then the way the players, they play with that, that same character, that same charisma. And, boy, oh, boy, has he done a tremendous job for the Wildcats. No question. I mean, you're talking about National Coach of the Year. I mean, 28-0 two years ago, number one seed at the national tournament before COVID shut it down. But, you know, I kind of mess with Coach Oney and uh, tell him that, you know, his winning percentage is about like a body temperature. And, uh, you know, 98.6. That's uh, no he doubt. Always, he always likes that. But, you know, a neat fun fact, Coach Oney was actually our assistant coach my freshman year. And he got plugged away by Nickel State. So, so we joke all the time that he potentially and was supposed to coach me in that ball club that year uh, before Nickel State called him. And then he and I go way back. I was a GA at Ole Miss for Andy Kennedy. Obviously, hmm. that's where Coach played. And Coach Oney had two really good recruits that both ended up signing 
with Ole Miss. Uh, Terrence Henry, who ended up being an unbelievable player, 6'10", left-handed, nightmare, uh, you know, LSU, Kansas, everybody in the country was after. And another kid, Brandon Wilson, who actually never quite made it to Ole Miss, but he had two really good players. So whenever he would come to campus, we would always cut up and hang out. So it's, it's, it's neat to see for us to be back working together and um, you know, to be able to share some of those stories, but he's more than anything, it's an honor to call him a friend, but he does a phenomenal job. Like you said, his players play with that edge that he coaches with, and he's a phenomenal person. He's a great, sharp, intelligent, in-depth coach. He runs great offense. He runs great defense. His teams are always extremely prepared for the opponent. They share the ball. And I, and I jokingly say this, they share the basketball like a team in Spain. I mean, they just, Man, the ball moves so much quicker than the defense, and um, the big—that's one of the biggest things that sticks out to me when I watch his teams play—is ball movement, and it is so impressive. But uh, we're very honored to have him here at Pearl River Community College. He's making a great uh, investment each and every day into his players. He's doing a phenomenal job throughout the state. He really is, and a part of that story, I just can't believe Coach Mathis didn't rub off on either one of y'all. <laughs> well, we'll keep this interview PG. That's a uh, separate that. episode, huh, Coach? <laughs> uh, no doubt, no doubt. That was, a, that, was a, that was you got me there. That was a good one. That was a good one. Oh, Coach, we appreciate your time, man. Continued success. Yes, sir. Thank you so much again for having me. I mean, it's a true honor to be on your show. Thank you, Coach Fletcher. Yes, sir. Have a blessed day. You too, sir. From 2011 to 2018, Pearl River County was ranked number one in the state with the highest opioid-related deaths between those years. Uplift Pearl River County seeks to address substance abuse through awareness and prevention campaigns, coalition building with county and city police, schools, faith-based organizations, communities, and businesses to holistically address opioid abuse and to decrease the number of individuals using opioids for recreational purposes. Visit upliftpearlrivercounty.com for more information. We are pumped now to be joined by head men's basketball coach for Pearl River Community College. Coach Oney, how you doing, man? How you doing? Man, I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. Just glad to be here on a Monday. How about that? Ain't that the truth. 14-2 and two on the year, Coach, 9-0 and oh through state uh, play. Wildcats coming off a big win on the road at East Mississippi. Wildcats rolling pretty good right now, Coach. We are, and we're actually 15-2. and two. Oh, excuse uh, me, Coach. Yeah, I like it. Well, no, no, it's, it's, it's no one else's fault, but, you know, uh, Southern Shreveport, I mean, I don't think they have that roster submitted, so the national website hadn't, hadn't plugged in the win that we had over in Shreveport. So uh, we're actually 15-2. Well, if you go to Shreveport and get a win you want at the count, right? We're going to put yeah, that 15-2. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough place to win it over there. All right, Coach. Let's look at the win. The most recent on the road against the number seven ranked East Mississippi uh, by a pretty good margin. Tell us what you liked about your team on Saturday. Well, we play obviously, you know, great defense. You know, I guess that's become a staple here at Pearl River. Uh, we went on their floor. A team that was averaging close to eighty points a game, held them to fifty nine points. Uh, I thought we we played tremendous on the offense. You know, we took good shots and. We happened to make make some of them, uh, so I was I was very pleased at the effort and the focus, you know, that the guy displayed. 
And I said, Saturday, that was a win on Thursday night. Y'all turn right back around and play here on a Monday. Coach, when I look at your wins, y'all have won in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and in the 90s. That tells me that y'all can win a lot of, of different type fights, whether it's going to be um, a knockout blow or if you're going to have to grapple some on the ground. So what do you like about that style, a team that can uh, play low and win or get up into the 80s and 90s and win? Well, it's, 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 it's good, I think, because, you know, being around this league, you know, now for almost a decade, you know, you, you figure out once you get, during the playoffs and you're trying to go win a championship that, you know, you're going to have to play different ways to, to win the games. And uh, fortunately, I got, you know, a lot of guys that's returning that's, that's been here three years now. And, you know, they understand that. You know, one of the things we always talk about is, you know, you know, basketball is like life. You know, when things happen, don't panic. You know, just kind of figure it out. You know, just kind of figure out what we got to do next. You know, some teams that are great coaches in this league. You know, some teams come in and they really try to slow the game down, you know, try to keep it in the 50s, you know, to give themselves a better chance to win, you know. But, but like, you know, our motto and, you know, like what we talk about, you know, our guys never panic. You know, we, we're not one of those teams that go into a game, you know, trying to beat you on offense anyway. You know, we're going we gonna to try to do the things and make the plays that's there, you know, that we that we have to make, you know, to win the game. And, and that's kind of what we've shown, you know, throughout this year. Coach, you mentioned it, and me and you have done this enough. It's like you're reading my notes. But for a community college, a junior college coach, it's unusual to coach guys for a third year. Uh, you've got yeah. Smith, and then you've got the Wilkins twins. What has mm -hmm. it been like to have them for that extra, let's call it, COVID year and, and how yeah. that's helped your club? Well, I know I know that I, I, I hope it never happens again. <laughs> you know, I think that they're sick of me, and I'm sick of them. <laughs> you know, I call the – I called a meeting one time with those guys. And I said, I know you tired of me fussing at you. And I know, you know, you tired of me, you know, complaining about complaining about stuff. You know, it is what it is. Let's let's get through this year you know, the best way we can to win championship. And you go by your way and you go on your way and I go on my way. And we just we just talk via text, you know, for a year, for a year. And that way we'll, we'll kind of get some breathing room away from one another. You know, but no, it's, it, it's good because. You know, it would also help, you know, them not ranking us this year. You know, here it is. I got four out of five starters, you know, returning, and you know, on a team that, I don't know, went 16-2. and two. I, I don't remember where we were last year. You know, lost a game at the buzzer and then lost in the championship, you know, against a team who went on the hush, which is home, went on the hush with me. I got all those guys returning, and, you know, we thought we signed a pretty good class, and, and, and they didn't rank us. So with us having those guys back for the third year, you know, I didn't have to get up and, and, and do a lot of rah-rah speak, you know, talking. You know, they, they, they had to chip on their shoulders, you know, from, from, from seeing what was going on. You know, and like I told them, you know, one time, I well, you know, the national, you know, uh, the people who rank, they just, they just like new toys every once in a while. And, you know, they got a few new toys in the state, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when, when Christmas is over and all them shiny new toys over, you go back to that old faithful toy. And here we are again <laughs> right here in the mix of everything. Yeah, you certainly are, Coach. And when you look at it, Coach, something I always like to look at with your teams in particular because you have so many good athletes and you have to spread the basketball. But more importantly, you really have to spread the minutes. And I can't believe, man, Cam Brown, the way the minutes that he eats up for y'all. Coach, why is it so important 
for this young man to be on the court both last year and this year. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and trust me, it's not by design. You know, I, I try my best, you know, to give him a breather, you know, as much as I can. But, you know, Cam is so dynamic on both ends of the floor. You know, sometimes, you know, we he can go to point guard, he can go to either wing position. And then on the other end, he's always a threat to score, you know, which is important because Jerron needs him out there. So now guys can't run down and double team and bring help, you know, from so many places because we get out of the double team and one quick reverse of the cam, you know, we got a chance at making a three, you know. So he, he has been, you know, a very, very important piece, you know, to to our success, not just this year, but also you know, last year, you know, now he is one. I hope I can keep three years <laughs> uh, or whatever, or whatever. Uh, that I'm saying it right now, this time next year, if he's here, I'll tell you this, you know, I mean, he and I'll be looking at each other sideways also, but, but now Cam's a great kid, great young man. I'm, I'm very proud of him. Happy for his success. Coach, when you look at a kid like Cam Brown, when I look at his statistics, <clears throat> other than his minutes, Nothing just flies off the paper. And so right. a good Division One coach is going to have to study a bit, going to have to know you and your assistants and maybe trust right. y'all a bit on right. him. But you've, you've laid that groundwork, and so somebody's going to come in and get a really good player in Cam Brown that when you look at the stats, uh, maybe you don't see it. But that's, that's kind of been y'all's M.O. for some of these recruits. You know, it has, you know, and, and, and I think, the, the you know, the proof is kind of in the pudding. You know, you would think a guy like, you know, Brandon Rochelle, who's now playing, you know, for the New Jersey Nets, you know, G League team. I mean, he only averaged like 14 points mm-hmm. a game. You know, you would think he would have averaged 21, 23 points a game. Uh, Tay Hardy, you know, he was mm-hmm. around that, you know, 15 point, you know, a game more. You know, then we got Bino Smith, who only averaged like seven points a game. He's out there, a big-time contributor out there at Cal State Bakersfield. So, you know, and I think, you know, Division One guys and friends of mine and guys that know about our program, you know, they kind of understand that, you know, that, that if, you, if you get a kid out of here, he's going to be tough, he's going to be disciplined, and he's going to always be looking at the clock trying to figure out a way to help you win. Now, if that means he has to go try to score 20, or if that means he just has to go try to get every rebound. You know, you look at Earl Smith, you know, three games back, he had 20 points, I think. He hit about five threes. Then he come back to the next game, score four points, have 10 assists, and guard the best player. You know, and I think, you know, Division One guys, you know, appreciate that. And the ones that have came and got kids out of our program, you know, have nothing but great things to say about them. Coach, when you look at the culture you've built there and what you have going, you've got some new assistants on on staff. I really uh, think that's a big part of it. You've been able to rotate some good assistants there and then yeah. the way that you lead the program, of course. But you bring in a guy from New York, uh, a guy from Cleveland, Ohio, and then they have to fit in not only uh, to your team, but, uh, I mean, that's got to be a little bit of a culture shock for some of these guys that you've brought in from, uh, you know, it's common to say out of yeah. state and then you look up there from Alabama. That's not a whole lot of difference in some yeah, of these absolutely. Alabama towns to Popperville, but you look at a Cleveland, Ohio kid, I imagine that's a pretty yeah. big jump. It is. Yeah, it is. You know, I commend those kids. You know, I went to New York last year for the first time and I wanted to move out there after I, after I went out there. So I bet you then you come to Poplarville, you know, you look around like, wow, they don't have a two-story building here in Poplarville, you know. You know, so, so it makes it funny. But, you know, we, we try our best to get guys no matter where they're from. You know, we had Agbo a couple years from Africa. You know, we, we try our best to let them know, man, if you're about books and ball, 
you know, this is the best place that you can come, you know, because we're going we're gonna to try our best to, to, to give you everything you need on the court and off the court to help you become successful. And before you leave here, we're going to try to, you know, obviously graduate you and move you on, but we're going to try to hang a banner, you know, get you a ring, you know, kind of, you know, learn lessons, you know, throughout life, you know, and all that kind of good stuff, you know. And, and it's all preaching. I'm sure every coach kind of does the same thing, you know, but we've been really, really fortunate and getting guys that come in, you know, I, don't, I hate to use buy in, you know, because it, because a lot of these kids come in, they're already really good kids, you know, but we've had a, a lot of out-of-state guys that come in and, and just appreciate, you know, what we're doing and, and, and love being a part of it. Uh, we like Jair. Jair was a visual transfer, and now he's coming in. He went from starting, you know, to not playing, to barely playing, to now helping the team win. And every single day, the kid has a smile on his face and can't wait for the next chance to get a chance to compete. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, make not just me proud. I'm sure it makes our administration proud. And I know it makes our assistant coaches proud because they kind of on the ground with them every day. Coach, can you see a shift? Um, it's the the culture of transfer, the transfer portal, all this. Can you see a shift even, and, and I'm going to say, kind of a relatively short time you've had such great success but you haven't been a head coach for 20 some odd uh years so have you seen a shift even of late like i'm talking the last two or three years in in kids attitudes coach or or is it pretty much the same there for you no it's different it's different uh uh, obviously you know (laughs) it's funny you say that because i don't feel like um you know that old even though i'm starting to get a few gray hairs here and there (laughs) but but i told somebody you know it it was a short time ago the big thing was when you got a new job in coaching was your business card like everybody wouldn't have the best Mm. business card now kids you don't even know what the business card is anymore you know i mean that was just a short time ago now now on what you're saying is you know COVID obviously has has changed, you know, a lot, a lot of things. Uh, and, and these kids now, I mean, it's just, it's just different, you know, uh, uh, where in this transfer portal, you know, division one coaches are, or at low to mid major schools, instead of coming all the way down to high school, you know, they're, they're trying to go get kids from other schools, you know, other, a high major kid that's not happy coming to that school. Well, all that trickles down. Mm. So it has to create frustration, you know, because there are really good high school kids, you know, that we're talking to that haven't even heard from a Division One school. And rightfully so. You know, if, if, if I'm a Division One coach right now and I have the opportunity to, to get a 22-year-old kid that's that's been in the Division One practice for two, three years or, or whatever, and I got a contract, you know, that's mm. up in a year or two. Or, or do I take that kid that's a little older, or do I go down and, and get this 18-year-old kid that, that that's hit or miss? You know, so it's pressure on both sides, and I understand both sides. I just hate these young kids that are kind of caught in the middle of it because, you know, some of these kids as high school seniors have been working for this opportunity since they're six, seven years old. <laughs> and here it is, this happened, and now, you know, there, there's so many – different elements that that wasn't expected so it just causes frustration you know so so i understand it you know and i, and I sympathize for both sides you know it's not the division one coach who has a two-year contract or one year left on his contract that has to win now it's not their fault for yeah. kind of looking out you know for their family but then again it's not the kid's fault right because everything got pushed down so i'm hoping it levels out within the next four years, I would say. But to be honest, I don't see it happening. I, I don't see it leveling out unless 
the NCAA kind of changed the rules and put some restrictions and, you know, in it. You know, and then the other yeah. side about it, I know kind of rambling, you go get a high school kid, you know, he becomes a good player, and then he leaves you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> to go somewhere. So, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just a mess now. But, you know, as junior college coaches, you know, we, we you know, we, we good at, you know, just kind of sitting back and waiting and, and kind of taking, you know, kind of what comes our way and just dealing with it. You know, but I kind of feel sorry for both sides of it. So I understand the frustration and I don't I don't let it bother me. Coach, when you look at it, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but do you think the state as a whole gets the respect across the, the nation that it should? I mean, you, you look at football and we always put football and it's easy to say the SEC of football in this league. But, man, that, yeah. you look <laughs> – this basketball league is no step back from what we put out on the on the gridirons on Thursdays and Saturdays, but it just doesn't seem to hit home across uh, the nation that way. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not. And it's because, you know, footballs have less states competing. I guarantee you if there was junior college football in Florida and Alabama, then it'll be sure. a little different also as yep. far as across the board, you know, but since football don't have Florida and Alabama and some of those other states competing for national championships, it's kind of easier to elevate and see who the great teams are, you know, in, in football. Whereas in basketball, I mean, they compete, you know, just about everybody, everywhere except the West Coast. So now every, you got more states jockeying for positions and saying, well, our state and our basketball is the best, you know, and you know, there's some truth to that because their scholarships, you know, are completely different. You know, they're not tied down with the out-of-state rules and all this kind of stuff, but this Shelton State came to East Mississippi with Shelton State. You know, I know Joe Eby's a great coach, has a great team. He got transfers from Alabama from all over the place and lost to East Mississippi. Then East Mississippi went over there and beat them. Hmm. Jones went to Chipola, which they have Chipola now, I think ranked top 10 mm -hmm. in the country, and beat them on their floor. Sure you know, I mean, I mean, it, 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 people, coaches across the state, across this country, know how good Mississippi basketball is. But now they're not going to go out and shout it because yeah. they want to have sure. the respect in their state. <laughs> you, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like, last year, we didn't get that large bid, which I thought we were very deserving of. That was criminal, wasn't it, Coach? Yeah, it, it, it was. We lost one game at the buzzer. We've lost one record season game, you know, in two years, and that game was a kid throwing in from half court. And then we lose to the team in the region tournament who won it all, who did yeah. turn around without the Hutch and won the game. And, and we wasn't even close to being considered for 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 at large bid. And I you thought know? we showed ourselves well when we did get a chance to go that way. I mean, absolutely, I, that's absolutely. the part I couldn't understand. But absolutely, absolutely, and they won't come out and say, "Well, what are the criteria?" You know, I mean, we were ranked, you know, pretty much top ten in the country all year last year. But then they start saying, "Well, we don't just go strictly off rankings." Well, what else do you go off of? <laughs> you know, we can't seem to find to get that answer. You know, so we can st straighten that up. Now they say that, you know, strength of schedule has something to do with it, but you know, and I know, you know, that's that's all in what you believe, yeah. what strength of schedule is like. I think it was a pretty big deal to go to East Mississippi and win, and they was ranked number seven in the country. Ain't many other schools in the country can go do that. Shelton State couldn't go do it, you know, but, but you know, it's just it's one of those things we got to deal with, and something that we obviously can't control. Uh, we just got to go out and be ready to play pro-river basketball and try to win as many games we can win and do it the right way and kind of let the chips fall where they may. Coach, you've got five regular season games uh, remaining, and you're on, you've won 10 in a row. If you want to stay hot and continue to do what you've done over those last 10 games and really set yourself up nice, 
for postseason play, something that you'd like to improve on and then something that you're doing well that you just want to keep up. A couple uh, points of uh, what y'all want to see these next five ball games. Well, one of the things that's been a problem, a problematic all year was you know, our turnovers. You know, we've, we've scored 70-something odd points in a game and had 20-some turnovers. Wow. You know, we, that's we're, hard to do, huh, Coach? That's, that's all. I mean, it's almost almost made me think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've had games where we've had twenty some turnovers and still only giving up fifty something points. You know, and and, and it's, it's turnovers is something as a coach that you can't really talk about a lot because then you get guys hmm. playing on the floor like robots trying not to turn the ball sure. over. You know, and so looking at we, you every time they have dribble off their yeah, foot, huh? Exactly, exactly. And it was, you know, it's sort of like free throws. It's just some things you just can't really talk about as a coach, you know, because you don't want your guys thinking about it. You just kind of want them to play freely, you know. So we've done, we've changed the offense a little bit to, to try to say, okay, now you have to go here with the ball and here with the ball to kind of cut down on, on some of those turnovers. And I think it's worked. The uh, reason why I think we've had you know, a lot of success these last, you know, 10 games or so. But if we continue, you know, to defend and, and follow the sky report, you know, the way we've we've been doing, then I got to say we have a chance to win, you know, all the games we have left, you know, because if you can continue to hold teams to 58, you know, I think we're giving up right around 58, 59 points a game, then you should be able to find a way to score 60, mm-hmm. you know, to win a game. And we can continue to do that, you know, I feel – feel pretty good about our chances but if we can cut down on those turnovers on top of that then i then i, then I think we can have a magical you know end of the season coach just the last question i'll get you out of here on this i watched the east mississippi um stream the other night and then i, I watch y'all streams at home what a difference man what an atmosphere on most nights that y'all get to play in front of that you don't see everywhere on the road man that's that's yeah. a blessing huh it really is, you know. That's what you know. We try to tell recruits, you know, if you, I mean, if you if you don't come to Pearl River, you go to another, you know, member member college. Then the first time, you, first thing when you get your schedule, you gonna look and see when you play us, mm-hmm. when you are gonna play Pearl River, because mm-hmm. that's gonna be the best game. I don't care what anybody say. It's gonna be the most people there, and it's gonna be the most focus that the other team is because you know, right now, you know, they, they want to knock us off. You know, so so why not come here when you get to do that every night? <laughs> you know, yeah. every night you're going to go into a gym and, you know, the the, the, the chili's going to chill, you know, jump mm-hmm. higher. The band's going to blow a little louder. The guys beat the drums going to beat a little harder. Even the administration going to wear suits when they come to the <laughs> game because they know there's going to be a lot of people there watching. So, yeah. so it makes it fun. And it also, you know, helps us, you know, because – now when we get in the playoffs, you know, we've seen your best. We've played against you at your best. So now, you know, it helps us, you know, do the things that we have to do to to, to try to to try to win the game. Uh so so that and, and it's been fun. It, it really has. It, it's been fun. And I hope we can continue it going down that going down that path. Well, coach, man, I always appreciate your time. Continued success and good luck tonight, coach. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Go Wildcat. Hello Hornet fans, Devin Smith here. I am so excited to be a proud supporter of Hornet football for the 2021 season. I am also honored 
to serve you in any or all of your real estate needs. Popperville, Carrier, Picayune, Hattiesburg, or anywhere along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You can contact me for any of those needs at REMAX Premier Group in Picayune, Mississippi. My cell phone is 601-347-2641 or at my office, 601-798-3399. Go Hornets! We are excited now to be hit joined by head coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, Will Hall. And Coach Hall, thanks for taking time for the show. Oh, glad to be on with you guys. Coach, I want to ask you how the offseason has gone, but I don't know. I guess offseason's probably a misnomer. How's your time been since uh, the regular season wrapped up? Yeah, you know, we haven't, like you said, you're exactly right. We haven't really taken a lot of off time, you know. With, we're just continuing to transform this roster and build this program. And, uh, you know, it's been well documented. People know we played last year at 62 scholarships and, and got a chance to get that thing back up into the 80s this year to be on more of a level playing field. So, you know, with the with the new portal recruiting time being during the Christmas holidays, there's really been no break. Which is fine, right? I mean, that's 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 why you do what we do, trying to get this roster back fixed, and we feel like we've taken huge steps towards that with the way we finished up the year, the way we we're able to retain uh, pretty much all of our good players. Uh, we had a great academic semester. I think it was the second best fall semester in football history at Southern Miss, and then we we're able to uh, add twenty six newcomers that enrolled here in January, and. Uh, we just feel really good about where our roster's at 13 months into this deal, fixed to be 14 months, and, and, and we think there's going to be way more competition in spring ball, way more depth, and uh, we're right in the middle of uh, you know our off-season program right now with Coach Ann Carr and working these guys and, and, and continuing to build. Coach, you talk about the players that are coming in um, right after the regular season ended. You hired an offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach how you how excited are you for bringing uh, coach greg in and then the mindset the thought behind adding him yeah so sam greg number one is a great human being great family mandy's his wife she's from Wren, mississippi and uh you know sam's from amory and they've got a, a young boy named Britt greg and we're just really close with him you know sam played for my dad sam was a great player at Itawamba Community College and in Murray State. Uh, Sam's had an unbelievable coaching career. We were together for 12 years through the D2 ranks, broke a lot of records at a bunch of different schools. And then over the last three years, Sam's helped, uh, been, you know, kind of Hugh Freeze's right-hand man on offense, uh, doing what they've done at Liberty, where they won more games than they've ever won there and, and had some great offenses. So Sam's a guy I trust, and he trusts me. Uh, he, he can finish my sentences. He knows how I think. And uh, it's just been great to have him. He's one of the most well-respected offensive line coaches in the country. He's a really good recruiter. So having him back on board with us, he's somebody our staff's familiar with. And the last time we were together, uh, we won more games than ever been won at two different schools. So let's, let's do that again, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Coach, I've heard you talk about, you know, the recruiting process and really selling Southern Miss and Southern Miss having a lot uh, to sell. Well, having a high school state championships, when I, I kind of pictured that 
and actually seeing you there at that event. You kind of got a lot of guys there on your showroom floor, if you will. How exciting was that uh, for you and your staff and the players that are there now to be able to step right out of the locker room and, and watch high school football at its highest level? Yeah, you know, when we got this job, we said we wanted to go back to being what we were when we were at our best here. And, you know, uh, all the great coaches that have been here through the years, but specifically to me, the Coach Bauer uh, blueprint, the Bobby Collins blueprint, you know, of of, uh, of getting back to our footprint area, and that's Mississippi and lower Alabama, southeast Louisiana, and the Panhandle of Florida, being the, the, the destination place for all those kids that don't have that elite, you know, Alabama, Georgia, type offer you know and and we got to get back to that we feel like we've done a great job of that we think we put our put our money where our mouth is you know so to speak with what we said we think we've done that i think having the mississippi alabama all-star game on our campus having the state championship games on our campus was just another way to bring people to our place to see what a great place we have and also an opportunity for us to sell us and what we want to be you know and i think the coaches of this area know they know me and, and our staff and they know we mean it when we say it and our doors are open to them we want to cater to them uh i think we've signed 36 players in 13 months of working here this staff signed 36 players that played high school football in the state of mississippi uh we we brought on 52 players that played high school football in the state of Mississippi when you include invited and recruited walk-ons. So uh, we are transforming this roster back to what it used to be with kids that understand how important Southern Miss is to this region and how much playing football at Southern Miss matters. One of those Mississippi kids, coach or signal caller, Ty Keys, uh, coming off an injury. If you would just give us an update on his recovery, coach, and then also um, mentally how much it meant for him to be able to get some snaps, see what uh, Division One football looks like, and then kind of forced to take a break and to sit back. How maybe will that help him mentally going into the next season and then also his physical recovery? Yeah, Ty has been fully cleared. Uh, he's he's working out great. He had a great workout this morning again, uh, according to you know Coach Ancar, and uh, he's got some intense competition in that room. Zach Wilkie uh, has early enrolled. He's here. He's been crushing workouts. He's an intense competitor. And then Trey Lowe's back off a foot injury too, and has been cleared. So we've got some highly recruited kids in that room. Ty uh, is the leader in the clubhouse right now uh, with. You know, the way he handled playing last year, you could just see signs that he's got a chance to be a great player. And he's won everywhere he's been. He's Southern Miss through and through from Taylorsville, Mississippi. And uh, we're excited about what the future could bring with time. We're also excited about these other kids. We've got some great competition in the room. We are young. We are young, but I would rather be young and talented than old and not talented. You know, so <laughs> yeah, uh, we feel good about where we're headed with that position. Coach, that position got certainly interesting uh, last year. Um, 
And then the super back, a lot's been said and done. I, I saw a quote from you that you'll probably hold on to some of, of those concepts. Probably get looked like you had plenty of those concepts in your bag anyway. But um, you found some stuff that worked. How interesting will that be going uh, forward? And if you need uh, need to go to that, that certainly could be an advantage, right? That's right. You know, and uh, I've said many times, you know, you know it, it's a famous quote, desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> yeah. But also, most of the great inventions or the great realizations through, you know, this country's history has been born of, uh, of times of great, you know, despair and, 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 and unfortunate circumstances. And we were put in a situation of really unfortunate circumstances, circumstances that hasn't happened many times in football history to a professional or a college football program. And uh, it put our backs against the wall. We had to be creative. And what we realized is, is we've got a lot of young men that played quarterback at some point in their life because your best athlete plays quarterback yep. and when you're young and in peewee and in junior high and all that and you know we were able to outnumber people football is a math game you know you're either you're either winning because of a numeric advantage or winning because of an angle and leverage advantage and so uh, we were able to do that and, and these kids have the experience with it now and it is something we will have in our package week to week and will always be there moving forward but we want to be a quarterback driven program you know southern miss has been that before uh you look at the nfl playoffs uh you know to get over the hump and be a championship team you've got to be great on defense you've got to be really sound in the kicking game you've got to be able to run the football and that last extra pinch of salt that, that, that puts the ring on your finger is who's great at quarterback and who's not. We've been blessed to always be great at quarterback everywhere I've coached. We've developed that position. We believe in that. We build the program around developing it. we got some great young talent in that room that we're developing as we speak, and I feel like we will get back to, to being a quarterback-driven program very, very soon. Coach, you mentioned the NFL playoffs. Man, what a set of games we've seen um, from these playoffs. Joe Burrow, an easy guy to, to pull for. One of his targets, a former Southern Miss player, Mike Thomas, going to get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. How fun has it been able to, to watch these games? And then, man, Burrow's mental toughness and then his physical play has been unbelievable. Yeah, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. You know, we got a longtime family connection. Joe's grandfather, Mr. James Burrow, hired my dad twice at Amory and then uh, – and Joe's grandmother, Miss Dot Burrow, was actually my bus driver wow. that dropped me off at the field house when I was five years old. So my family and Joe's family have a long history. And so we're big Burrow family uh, uh, fans in my house. So we were recruit, we were pulling hard for Joe, and I'm just proud of him. And, and he's become an unbelievable football player and a great leader. And I'm excited for Mike Thomas. You know, that's going to give us now our 18th player to play in a Super Bowl. Wow. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that. But, I mean, Southern Miss had 125 players drafted. And now with Mike, 18 players have played in a Super Bowl and two, two NFL Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what we tell kids all the time, man. You're not coming to a place that's trying to invent history and tradition. You're not coming to a place that's using social media to create some type of 
fantasy world that's not really there. Like it's been done here before. And uh, the most surefire way of knowing if something can be done again is hasn't been done before. And it's been done for a long time here. And we think we're headed back to getting it there again. Coach, if you were king for the day, and I know attitude, and I, I would certainly not expect you to make any excuses on this phone call, but if you were king of the day for college football, is the transfer portal a good thing or a bad thing? How can it be tweaked? And then also the two signing days. Are you a fan or, or not a fan? I know you're not going to complain, so let's don't look at it that way. But is it working or not working, I guess, would be my question. All right, first off, signing day, I'm a huge fan, huge fan. I mean, December is signing day, uh, you know, and that, that allows kids to go ahead and sign and be done. And then you've got the February for anybody that's left over and also for the lower levels. So it, it helps define things for everybody. You know, like I used to be a D2 coach, and if we'd have had these two signing days then, you know, all the kids that signed D1 signed in December, and then, you know, you know what's shaking out for the – for the FCS and the D2s and the D3s. But I think like 88% of all FBS players that sign, sign in December. So that's what we tell coaches. Like, December is signing day. It's not early signing day. It's signing day. You know, Makes February is, is is left. But to me, it's been a good thing. I would be for even letting them sign before their senior year started in July if they wanted to. To me, when a kid knows what he wants to do, you know, uh, Shoot, let them do it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's America. And uh, now as far as the transfer portal, the portal's been good to us, uh, you know, because we are in a location where there's a lot of good football players that may go far away and want to come back close to home. So you've seen it's been a huge advantage to us. Uh, there are a lot of kids that have, I think there's like 650 kids that left FBS schools in the portal right now that have not found a home. A lot of those kids probably got bad advice. And, uh, you know, that's part of it. There's a little bit of mentality in this world right now that the grass is always greener somewhere mm -hmm. else, which is not always the case. But, but a lot of times it is. My thing is this. I think with the portal, you're going to see teams that have a really good culture and treat people the right way, I think you're going to see those programs create even more of a gap from the teams that don't have good cultures and are in disarray. I think you're going to see that gap widen even more. I think you're going to see the programs that have solidness uh, at the top and have consistency at the head coach spot able to withstand it way easier than teams that are programs that are in constant turmoil and changing head coaches. So hopefully it'll continue to be good for us. I do think there'll be some legislation passed at some point with the recruitment of them because it's such an open door right now. The periods don't really apply like they do to high school yeah. and junior college kids of when you can do what. I think that'll be adjusted. But man, it's the same. Hey, we're not going back. You know, the lid's <laughs> off of the jar and it is what it is. So I tell people all the time, you need to complain about something and get left behind, or you can figure out how I can work in your best interest and use it in a positive way moving forward. That's certainly what we're doing here. Coach, one last question. I'll get you out of here on this. Um, I was just personally so impressed with Austin Armstrong, the way that he coordinated that defense and the job he's done. What are your thoughts on him as your defensive coordinator and, and the way that he's presented himself so far at Southern Miss? Well, I'm just proud of him, number one, because, you know, I said when I hired him, he's kind of like my little brother. And, 
and I gave him his first job and have always thought the world of him. And, and uh, you know, I stood on the table to hire him when I got here. A lot of people didn't like it. They said he was too young and wasn't ready. And uh, I was very blunt about it. You know, if I'm going to be the head coach at Southern Miss, Austin Armstrong's going to be the defensive coordinator. And uh, I just told everybody to give it time and, 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 and you'll be glad we did. And I think that's the – it's funny. This time last year I was answering questions of what makes you think a 28-year-old has never done it before can do it. Now a year later everybody's like, man, what a great hire. Why don't you tell us about it? You <laughs> yeah. know, so uh, – no, man, he's just great. He's a great person. He's a great recruiter. He's intentional in everything he does. He understands that every decision you make when you're in charge of something has a ripple effect that filters throughout. Everybody that's underneath you, uh, he takes that very seriously. And uh, he's got a great wife, Tiffany. Uh, she's got a great new nickname. Uh, she's not proud of you know, but we're the Nasty Bunch, and Austin's the leader of the Nasty Bunch. So now we call Tiffany Miss Nasty. She don't really <laughs> like that too much. But uh, <laughs> but he's got a great family, and man, uh, we love him, and certainly glad he's here with us. Yeah, when you go back and look, Coach, at those, uh, I guess, press releases after the hire, it really stands out at what Kirby Smart had to say about him and we certainly think that Kirby Smart knows what he's talking about so that that kind of stood out even at the time oh yeah Austin uh like I said we hired him in West Georgia I took him with me to Lafayette uh when we left Lafayette uh Billy Napier kept him on he called me I'll never forget Billy called me he said man what about this Armstrong guy you had here with you and I said man keep him around you'll love him and he called me a month later and he said man this guy's special I said oh yeah mm -hmm. so he stays on with Ron Roberts who's the big coordinator at Baylor now, doing a great job, and Ron loved him. And then I'll never forget when Dan Lanning and Kirby had the spot open. I'd actually had a lot of coaches that had worked for me that went to be analysts for Kirby. Cody Kennedy, who's in Arkansas now, and Rod Ojong, who's at Buffalo. We kind of got a whole lineage of people that have gone to work for him. Eddie Gordon's O-line analyst over at Georgia now was with us. And I just called Kirby and I said, man, look, this guy, out of all the people I've sent you, this one's the best one. And uh, – they hired him, and he did a great job there, and then went back to Lafayette. Like I said, there was no doubt who I was going to hire as the D.C. when I got this job. A lot of fun to, to watch what y'all are building there, Coach, and we appreciate your time. Continued success, man. And, and like I said, when we were off the air, I appreciate the time you've given our show. Oh, yeah, man. Anytime we can do anything to sell Southern Miss and where we're headed – uh, we certainly appreciate it. We're going to get this thing back to where it's supposed to be. Now, we're doing it the right way. We're not cutting any corners. We're building a house on rock, not on sand. And so we'll be a much improved outfit this year, and uh, we'll keep building every day towards the future. Thank you, Coach Hall. Appreciate you guys.